All right, lawyer talk from the bunker at 511 Studio C. Got Jared piped in remote. I'm over here, Studio J. Studio J up in the J-Town for Jared. Johnstown, Ohio. We're, yeah. we're hunkered down up here. Yeah, we are. We are the social distance kings over here at Lawyer Talk. Uh, you know, far couldn't be farther away, really. I guess. I mean, I guess we could be, but uh, still doing just great. And uh, what we're doing is we're Wednesday edition, of course. And for those who know, I'm always on the Blitz, and uh, we're taking calls. They're gonna. We expect their call any minute, and we're gonna get on the air answering all the Blitz Nation uh, legal questions. And then Jared and I'll do a little. Um, uh, post-mortem on it do a little comment i wonder i wonder what kind of questions you got coming to you today you know because this is i, I i'm guessing there's going to be more uh, uh divorce questions with kids mm-hmm. uh, even though you got a couple last week i think it's going to come in this week uh you know i was out doing some cleaning with for uh ocd cleaning i went over there to the vape stores and was steaming them out when i was in reynoldsburg like I said, man, it's just weird. It's kind of eerie. People look at, we look at each other differently, and I don't know what it is. It's not like the bad way, but everybody's just kind of like, oh, there's a person. You know, I was out. I had to go to Kroger, uh, and I, I didn't want to. I, I didn't like it at all. I, I felt a little bit weird about it, but I did. And uh, it was the same thing, man. It's like you don't even want to make eye contact with people. <laughs> it's you know, at some <laughs> that's, point, that's the... <laughs> you feel like you're doing something wrong. And I, I, I steered clear, you know, I stayed far away. I felt really paranoid about a lot of stuff though. Like even like the, the grocery products that I was putting in my cart, uh, I was like, man, I wonder if this is clean. I mean, this is going to change the way I operate long-term, man. It is just going to be funky. It's going to change the way everything's done, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's changing the world. It's changing views. It's changing, you know, how you do. And I'm just wondering how, I mean, I hope that everybody gets through. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of uh, mental problems because it's it, it, it's it's easy to fall on a slippery slope of just fear and and not knowing and and I mean I, I told you I woke up this morning four o'clock and just laid there and just was like when's it going to end well because because I know that deep down inside it hasn't even started you're right I mean we're just getting well, I started was, I mean in yeah. in I guess I had to give myself the advice I often talk to folks about in my conference room, which is, all right, uh, Steve, um, make a plan, put a plan of action together. And I'm going to write it down today, actually, because I I really, I do believe in this exercise. Uh, The fear, the craziness, the mental health issue, all that, all that stems, all that anxiety is the unknown, like you just said. And I think the tonic for that is, Put a plan of action together, and that plan of action has to only include the things that you can control, and then you have to do them. And for me, it's going to be a lot of stuff that uh, that I just need to get done that now I have the time to do, and I can do it safely without you know screwing up the social distancing or anything else, and uh, I can just get those things done. And I already started that yesterday and the day before and last week a little bit, uh, and immediately it made it, I felt better because I was accomplishing things. And it, it, I think so often. Uh, I see it with clients. I see it with myself. I see it uh, all over where people just sort of get stagnant and, and they freeze and they do nothing. And then you start to wallow and then you start to panic. And then 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 it gets worse and, and the TV's on. You can't even pay attention to what's going on. So you try to watch something on your phone. You can't even pay attention to that. 
and you get up and you're going crazy. And next thing you know, you're going to fight with your significant other. And next thing you know, there's big problems. So, um, you know, I, I think it all starts with a very conscious choice to put an action plan together and, and, and do it because, uh, it gives you, I, I do believe that we have to have a purpose and absent that, you know, it just, it, things go crazy. No, that's, that's, that's it right there. You got, we got to put, you got to put a plan together. But that's the problem though, is that the plans change every day, Steve. No, it's all right. Um, so, you know what I mean? And I guess that's all right. You got, you, you, cause I mean, you know, once again, today I was, when we were cleaning, we went by, I was at Johnstown store to Westerville and Reynoldsburg. And our drive to uh, Reynoldsburg was right whenever uh, Dwayne, our governor came on and was talking. And I was listening, and then, it, you know what I mean, and they're adding on to the hospitals, which aren't full yet, but they're expecting to get over capacity, you know? And I kind of thought, I was like, is that really going to happen? Yeah. You know, is that really going to happen? I, and, and, you know, you start seeing these numbers, and I was listening to some other folks talk about the numbers, and, and everybody's, it's staggering what they're talking about. On the other hand, if it doesn't happen, I guess it's because we doing, we're doing what we're doing. And, and you know, I, I don't know. I, I I avoided, here's a little side note. I avoided like the plague, no pun intended. Some of these Netflix and Amazon things I've been, I've seen come up on the streaming services about uh, pandemics or even a documentary about the uh, 1918 uh, Spanish flu epidemic. And, uh, but I started to watch some of that uh, this morning, very early. I, I got up early and, you know, just even watching the one about the Spanish flu, I thought it was going to make me feel, I, it made me feel better because it's like, look, we're not, we, we've done this before and, and they shut down. Like they were talking about enormous shuts, shutdowns and the cities that did that had the fewest amount of deaths and, you know, they didn't have the medical facilities to deal with it. They didn't have the medical technology to deal with it. They didn't have anything at that time that we have now. We're equipped to handle this. We just need to suck it up and get through it. The problem is uh, nobody knows when it's going to end and that's what's scary. Yeah, it's, it's it's still growing central. You know, I mean, in the in, in in the middle of America is now where it's really starting to grow. Dwayne did do a good job. I was reading an article on him. I forget who wrote it. It was it might have been the Wall Street Journal, and they were really praising to him because we had whenever he closed down the Arnold, we did not have one positive test yet. Well, we didn't have a positive test, but I, I mean, I, I, no, it doesn't mean it wasn't here. wasn't here, but we didn't have anybody really sick, I don't think yet, I guess is the best no. gauge of it. So nobody was reporting with these horrible symptoms. And, you know, I agree with you. I think uh, as much as we all were sort of like, what the heck is going on at the time DeWine made those calls, I think history will probably uh, end, up re end up validating his decisions. Oh, I, it's already validating his decisions. I mean, he's getting a lot of praise from the media to other people, you know, and, and, uh, it, but it's just, like I said, when I heard those numbers, because right, hold on, hold on, let me cut you off. Here we oh. go. Dial 821-9970. If you need free legal advice on Loper and Randy, better call Steve. Hey, guys. All right. So, C. Palmer on the line right now answering your legal calls. Oh, we got a little bit of a feedback. Hey, Steve, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. So, uh, we're trying something new today. Steve is on with us via Skype. Yeah, I, I, I think it's working better, but uh, let me know. 
All right, cool. Well, uh, we have... Do we have some texts coming in here at uh, 99700? So we'll uh, get some text. Also, uh, phone calls at 821-9970. We're also trying something new for the first time, guys, so we're out on the edge. Out on the edge is Skype and phone calls at the same time. I mean, did you say it would be possible? Because it's the pandemic, and okay, we're doing I everything. One. I have one right here coming in. They're coming yeah. in hot. And a lot of them are actually about renting. Oh, yes. I bet that is such a... Steve, so get ready for some renting questions here, buddy. They don't want to get kicked out. That's what they're worried about. They're worried about getting kicked out. They cannot pay their bill this this month. They've gotten fired from their job. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of that. I I don't have great answers, but I'll be happy to talk people through it. So what should they do? Like, what are the first couple of steps here? Well, I think the first thing's first. I mean, I think everybody needs to research and look into exactly what benefits they can get uh, in the in the short term here, because I know that uh, with not only unemployment benefits, but also uh, under the new federal um, uh, act, uh, they can, you know, I think people are even getting an extra 600. So there, there is some relief coming. And I think the sooner people get signed up, the better. Uh, other than that, I would just say. Will they be forced? Con- I think that's what they're worried about. Will they be forced out? Well, I don't think so. I, I think that there's a practical consideration here, and then there's a legal consideration. Let's start with the practical one. Just to get somebody kicked out for not paying rent, it, it doesn't happen overnight. There, there has to be notice provisions and then court uh, action and different things. So I, I think the reality of that is it's probably not going to happen, at least not quickly. And then in the in the short term, I think communication, open communication with landlords uh, might go a really long way. Now, this isn't legal advice. This is more like... Uh, you know, what would we do here? Because if if you tell your landlord, look, I've applied for benefits, I expect to get uh, uh, some unemployment and or extra money coming in soon, and then we can start uh, we can start paying you. And and maybe even if somebody has got uh, a bunch of different buckets that they need to they need to add water to, so to speak, uh, putting a little bit in the rent bucket might go a long way. In other words, pay a little bit to the landlord to pay as much as you can afford and uh, just do your do your best to keep bailing and, and plugging different leaks. But uh, you know, there's no great answers here, folks. I mean, it just is what it is. We're all de- we're all going through it, which it doesn't make you feel any better. But it also says this: uh, if you're not the only one, uh, then everybody's dealing with it. Not everybody can be evicted at once. So I think all of this will work out. Um, but uh, I, I do not. I guess the best thing I could say is don't take the head in the sand approach. I think what everybody ought to do is is at least get the benefits you can get. Apply for them. Get them. And then pay what you can pay, and then it'll get sorted out later. All right, cool. That's that's good advice. And the other thing too that people uh, want to keep in mind when it comes to the big stimulus, when it comes to the stimulus, you yeah. want to make sure that your bank account information is on file with the IRS. Whether that's calling into the IRS in Cincinnati and making sure that they know what your current bank information is, because the people that have the direct deposit information already with the IRS are going to get the money far sooner than the people that are waiting on paper checks like that's been documented so many people are talking about that right now from financial advisors to people in the government so just a heads up on that front all right uh steve palmer this one's from brent hey loper randy legal question uh i work for a company as a district manager i had a location in marion ohio where i live and one in west virginia i travel to and from both locations every week i was working sales and delivery and installation the deal was i wasn't supposed to drive my own car and i was not supposed to pay for gas to travel to locations and I was not supposed to pay for boarding when I was in West Virginia. For a whole year I drove my own car, paid for my own gas and did not pay for me to sleep in a place. They gave me an air mattress where I slept in the store. 
I did that for over a year together as employee. I would like to get all my expenses paid back for everything. Anything I can do, the owners of this company, which was a franchise, already filed bankruptcy for themselves, not the company. I am not named on the bankruptcy. Thank you. Anything you can help me with? Well, it sounds like at first I thought this was something that had more to do with uh, the virus shutdowns, but it looks like this sort of predates all that. And I, and so, really, there's not going to be great news here if uh, the person you, from whom you're trying to collect has, in fact, uh, filed for bankruptcy in you know, that's going to be a problem. Even if you're not named on the bankruptcy, I think it does tell you one thing. They don't have any money, uh, or at least they're very limited on money. And now the question is the franchise or the bigger picture, the the mothership uh, may or may not have some responsibility for this. I, I, I think this all starts uh, this way. Uh, make a list of all the expenses, itemize them, document them the best you can. Uh, and then in writing, and everybody's heard me say this a hundred times, in writing, uh, send off the request for reimbursement not only to the mothership, but also to uh, whoever the franchise owner was. Uh, and, and, you know, you may get some response out of all of it uh, that you're not going to get paid, but at least it's documented in writing uh, what your expenses are. And then I would, I hate to say it, but you got to prepare for the flood here. Uh, it is very, very possible, if not likely, that you're not going to get reimbursed for this kind of thing uh, at this juncture, even if you're entitled to get it, because, you know, people don't have the money, they don't have the money. And, and, uh, one of the one of the worst things you can do is start chasing bad money with good, and you end up uh, deeper in debt. All right, we got two more here, Steve, and uh, we're going to uh, let people uh, wrap this up here. Go ahead, Randy. I got a foreclosure notice in my mail. My ex owns the house, but loan is in my name. Our decree states that she is responsible for the payments, and I gave her a year to refinance in her name. It's been three years now. There is anything I can do about it going on my credit? Well, there may be. Um, you know, I guess the question is if uh, the ex did not refinance, uh, well, not the question. Part of this is the ex did not refinance, and that is a remedy that can happen in uh, domestic relations court uh, by way of contempt. I mean, if there was an order that said do it, there also is likely something that said if you don't do it, this will happen. And sometimes what that means is it, the property actually reverts back to the other, other individual. Uh, so I don't know that. I'd have to read the order. Uh, short of that, uh, you're not alone. This happens all the time. And I suspect that uh, the credit agencies or the credit bureaus have dealt with this problem before and will have some uh, way to deal with it. I know that uh, I have gone in my own personal credit when I saw something that wasn't correct, uh, that was uh, somebody else's or something else. I was able to make a claim, make a complaint, so to speak, and I got some relief that way, and they pulled it off. So I would start uh, with those two things. Now, the problem is with the first thing, going to court on a contempt, uh, good luck with that right now. Courts are generally not going to be hearing stuff like that and uh, unless it's an emergency. But uh, talking to a qualified domestic relations lawyer, getting some input and advice on how that goes down would be a real good start. All right, cool. We got uh, a text here from Ken. Well, maybe Ken. we shouldn't say that. Okay. Is oh, it Ken? Okay, okay yeah. That's right. Ken. Uh, <laughs> says we got a call from a dealership. They got a call from a dealership saying we owe, owe, owe $800 for our lease in 2018. They said it's the difference from the sell of the car after it goes to auction, and we're liable for that. What the heck? Never heard of this. We even paid extra for extra miles. Creditors are calling about it. Just found out about it a month ago and haven't had the car for over a year. Is it worth fighting? 
Uh, I would say yes, it's worth fighting, but it's only worth fighting to the extent that it's the fight costs less than eight hundred dollars. Uh, so here's the thing: I would first want to read all the really, really small print that people uh, skip over. Even I skip over this when I've purchased cars because it's nauseating to go through and read it. But I would start by reading all of that. And, you know, we're shut down. What else do you got to do except try to decipher uh, legalese in small print in a car deal? But, uh, it, you know, there may be, it may be addressed there in the contract one way or another. To the extent it's not, or to, even if it is, I would uh, write a letter and I would say, I hereby dispute this debt. I do not believe that I am responsible for it. Please provide proof. Now, here's what this is. There's something out there called the Fair Debt Collection Act. And um, once you do that, once you dispute it and ask for evidence or proof of the debt, it sort of freezes everything in time and, and it'll stop the it'll stop the presses on the collections. And, you know, a lot of times lawyers will do this for people. There's a standard letter that we've used. Um, but that's where I would start. Now, the problem is you go hire a lawyer for 800 bucks. Uh, you can easily eclipse what they're asking for. So principal goes only so far. And in, in my experience, uh, principal is not worth overpaying on uh, at least not much. All right, Steve Palmer on the phone with us or on Skype with us right now. Now, I, I do have this on uh, in e well, this is a message from Facebook that I got. Uh, this is a really long message, too, man, but uh, I'm just going to summarize here. This is a guy, he's out in Reynoldsburg. He has an essential job, but he, uh, due to something, he didn't mention what it is, but uh, with his health, he feels that he does not want to go into work every day, but he has to. He's has an essential job what is someone's rights when it comes to the pandemic when someone feels like they don't want to go to something that other people namely the government are calling an essential job yeah so i i here's the the honest answer is i'm not sure yet i i think uh this has likely been addressed now i know that w i saw some of the early drafts of these proposals coming out of congress and they uh, they were starting to get close to address this kind of thing. I don't know that anybody ever did, but I suspect somewhere if we read all of the federal act here, uh, there might be an answer to this. But I don't know it off the top of my head. Now, uh, generally speaking, I would say this. Talk to your employer, explain the situation, and see if there is a way that, there, that you can find some middle ground. Often there is. You know, in my work line of work, for instance, if somebody were high risk for the virus but they still wanted to work, uh, maybe they wouldn't go to court or maybe they wouldn't um, uh, maybe they would take a different role here at the office. Now, not all employers have this luxury. And, and one of the things that I've noticed here during this uh, pandemic uh, mess is that um, there's this there's this notion that that businesses have uh, unlimited resources, unlimited funds and can just do everything. And um, I do have some empathy and sympathy for those because I run a business and, you know, the employers are struggling too to make ends meet. Uh, even on the essential side, because, look, commerce is pretty much shut down and it's difficult to earn a living. So uh, maybe everybody can get in the same boat here because they are and a conversation can be had that middle ground is uh, is there. Now, if it's not and you're not comfortable and you would rather not get sick and, and risk serious, serious uh, problems like even death, then I would say, look, it's money versus your health. I would choose your health. Um, but I would also do so with a little bit of a, with a rational approach. Yeah, it's it's good advice. But I, I've heard that question in different ways from so many different people since this whole thing has started. Uh, I'm glad we finally got to officially address this. Yes, absolutely. All right, yeah. cool. Steve Palmer, each and every Wednesday on this show, live from his podcast studios, where you guys can check out his podcast via theblitz.com. And Steve, you're doing some great work over there.
Hey, thank you guys. Good luck. And everybody be safe, be healthy. Check us out on channel511.com. Subscribe to our podcast. Great stuff happening. All right, my man, Steve Palmer. Thanks, brother. Loper and Randy. Loper and Randy on 99.7 The Blitz. All right, uh, so that was uh, that was a bliss, Jared. Uh, you know, you heard it. You heard it live. Um, we are uh, more than happy at here at Lawyer Talk to take those calls. Uh, a lot of stuff. It sounds like uh, relative to the virus scare, huh? Yeah, yeah. Rent, rent came up, like, uh, and 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 the divorce decree came up, and and I knew that that would come up. And you mentioned it right now. The courts aren't going to be aren't, aren't going to be taking those contempt you know yeah you know i was i'm actually going to do this in my law firm i'm going to, I'm going to send out some public service messages a little bit uh, not only maybe a blogger or people that listen here can hear it too it's like you know you've got these two competing things going on you've got the it's it's not like people's legal problems just disappeared because the courts are shut down or closed or unlimited uh, access i mean the the problems still exist and it's like everything else man it's frozen in time and no nobody knows what to do about it and nobody uh, there's not great answers out there. So, it, it, you know, you've got the old problems and maybe the best bet is to keep them stabilized. Now, the good news is uh, the Ohio Supreme Court uh, came out with an order uh, earlier this week, I think on Sunday or, sa- or Monday, uh, that basically said uh, deadlines are told. We're not going to have deadlines. We're not going to we're going to basically call time out on the legal system. So you're not going to miss necessarily jurisdictional deadlines, things that would otherwise uh, totally screw you up. Uh, by not filing or doing something. So that's the good news. Now, the bad news is, is that if you needed relief, like if you were in litigation expecting a settlement or wanted to get some sort of settlement, well, now you can't because uh, the cases aren't moving forward. And, you know, on the criminal side, doing what I do, uh, it's it's equally bizarre. Um, now, that said, I've, I do have ongoing correspondence with prosecutors. The cases are still at a snail's pace, uh, getting resolved and it's just uh it's just a weird time there's no precedent for this not in our lifetimes now i heard from a reliable source that over like at least seven officers at the workhouse have been tested positive yeah i've heard some stuff like that too and you know it's scary stuff and look i i've got some personal and professional thoughts on on the jails i mean you know None of this is to say that uh, who knows if you're in jail, you're supposed to be there, should be there, deserve to be there, or did it or didn't do it. And same with prison, whether you deserved it or not, uh, you're there. Uh, Those are about as, can you imagine a worse place to have a pandemic spread through? I mean, if it gets in there, then it's, that's just a, that's a mess. It's a total mess. You are like hardly ever six feet apart from somebody in there, you know? You're, you're never six feet apart and even worse, man. Can you imagine that? All right. So just think like prison healthcare. I mean, the first thing you're going to think is, yeah, right. And the second thing you're going to think is how quickly is that going to overrun once the people start getting sick? And there's, you know, uh, I guess constitute, let's just talk about the constitution. You got a couple of different things. Uh, you got the uh, civil rights act section, 1983, uh, the United States Code gives you a sort of a civil rights cause of action. But beyond that, I guess, bigger picture stuff, you have like the Eighth Amendment uh, prohibition against cruel and unusual punishment. And, you know, in that regard, um, a, a few years ago, I think back in the 90s, the U.S. Supreme Court said that included the right to 
health care access. So you can't just be in prison and not get reasonable health care. They have to give it to you. It's a constitutional uh, issue. And I've done some research on this for some clients who are reaching out to me. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a real tough thing figuring it out because, you know, the prisons don't want to say they have a problem. Uh, and they may not even know they have a problem because, look, if, if I, I've not been tested for this virus, I don't think I have it. I don't think I've had it. But uh, you think that uh, they're going to allocate resources to prisons? Think again. You know, they don't know. Now, on these tests, if you had it, like, let's say you had it three months ago, will it come back that you did have it? Do you know? Well, this is uh, question. This is I've talked to Doc Pulaski about this, and maybe it's time for another fireside chat with the old Doc. But uh, here's what it is. It depends on the kind of test, because uh, if they're going to test for the anti antibodies, in other words, the relics that your body leaves behind when it fights the virus, uh, then you could probably tell if they've had it. Um, beyond that, though, it may be difficult. Uh, they may not have that test. And, and beyond that, you may not know. So I know I know a few guys who are saying, man, I was really sick back in November, December, January, or even February. I I'm must here have had of that. And they're yeah. like, it was in my chest. I couldn't breathe. And and it was the worst flu I'd ever had. And, I, and I've heard that from a number of people. And that was like January, you know, you know I mean, in December yeah. and February is when I, I'm, I'm hearing this from, from friends of mine, yep. you know? And so you could have had, it, 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 we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. No. Um, then the, now, now think about that though. If, if, if a good friend of yours had it, now somebody I know close had, had that, says that, but I was around this guy and I didn't get sick. So is that the litmus test or is it that I was asymptomatic? I have the virus and was asymptomatic. And then think about that. So if the majority of the people get it, don't really show big symptoms and only the minority of the people actually show big symptoms. And the only testing you have is, is just your own guess on whether you were really sick or not really sick. Like we have no idea. And put that in a prison context. I mean, come on. There's no way. So now you got the rent. That was the other question that came up. You know, I mean, I personally, from my store in Westerville, got a letter from, you know, I mean, my landlord, and they, they wrote in there in a in pretty nice way stating that they're willing to work with you. You know, I mean, they, they know that, you know, your business is shut down or business is down. Um, they're going to go through with it. Now, as a requirement in my lease, I have to turn over my numbers, what I do every month, so they know, so they can just look at it. You know, I mean, it's that easy. It's like I went from making money to making nothing. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, and, and, if you're, and if it's a, a dwelling where you're living, you know, I mean, yes, it's it's horrible and scary, but the, the sheriffs are not going to come and kick them out. Yeah, I mean, that's the the thing is, is that there's the like I said, there's the, when we talk to, to the folks asking that there's like the legal advice. And then there's the then there's the uh, sort of the practical advice, which is this. It's like if I'm a landlord right now and I wanted to evict somebody for not paying during the COVID mess and they were uh, evicted or, or they were uh, uh, laid off or lost their jobs, it's like, come on. I, courts are going <laughs> to look at you and say, sorry, Charlie, you know, wait in line. Everybody's got the same problems. Now, that's not the same, but I, I'm always quick, and I think I tried to be today on the air, to say, look, let's, let's also understand – what the business owners are going through because they owe also, you know, we, everybody owes up the chain and it just depends on who you are and what your particular place is. So they've got their own mortgages and they've got their own bills. They've got payroll to make. 
And, uh, you know, sorting all this out is a mess. You know, Jared, we were talking and maybe, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe we need to get, uh, uh, my accountant, uh, Glenn Harper from Harper plus accounting. Uh, he's been working with me and he and I've been chatting a lot about, uh, what is available for the business owners and the business owners and how we can help employees. And, uh, once we get that sorted out, I think we ought to have him come on here. We'll bring him in remotely too, and we can get him to, uh, uh, to discuss these things, maybe uh, maybe even uh, tomorrow or, or later towards the end of the week. Because you're hearing all kinds of things. I mean, you're hearing all, it coming from this into that, and oh, you got this coming, you can get that. And I mean, I was looking it up, and this was, I guess, two days ago. So maybe some information has come out. But what I found was that it was still just a bill, that it hadn't, yeah, that 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 things weren't out yet. It had suggestions of what's going to yeah. come out, but I couldn't, I couldn't find any place that actually said, do this. Well, I got so, some links yesterday. Uh, one was an advance it, and it was a $10,000 request for an advance and then uh, advance onto what it took me a second to figure all this out. And, and, you know, there's the catastrophe loan and then there's the payroll protection uh, loan. And then there's just regular SBA small business association loans and uh, sorting all that out, frankly, look, I'm an attorney and I read dumb legal stuff and complex crap for a living. And it's hard for me to figure this crap out. And, and I granted, I'm no expert in anything, I suppose. But, uh, you know, it's somebody looking at this while under the stress of their own personal financial situations. I mean, it's almost unwieldy. It's almost impossible to understand it. So, yes, getting Glenn on, having a chat right there, I'm sure can help out a lot of people mainly yeah, I, me. <laughs> yeah. And me, frankly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because, uh, you know, we're all in this together, you know, I get, and maybe that's the point for the day. That, that's the perfect point for the day is that the, the landlords are, are complaining about not getting their rent. The tenants are complaining that the landlords are complaining about not getting their rent. The reality is they both have very common ground here. Nobody's getting paid anything, right? Nobody has you any know, money. So, you know, the one, the one caller also was, uh, you know, didn't feel comfortable going to work and you, on that end right there, boy, that's that's a weird subject because if you have your job and and really it would be like thin it out, maybe he works less, you hire somebody else in, but if you've got to, that business has got to keep it going. So if you yeah. just don't want to work, but you're allowed to, but you, you have a job, you know, I guess you'd want the employer to lay him off, even if he hired somebody else. Yeah. And, and, you know, that way he would be able to collect, you know, I mean, the, the unemployment package that's out there for him. I think what you're going to see is, is some, uh, this will find its, its own, it's, this will find its own level. Um, you know, the water here will find its own level at some place. The curves will cross on, on things like, uh, OSHA, right? So the occupational safety standards act, whatever it is, um, you know, the, the sort of the work safety uh, concerns will cross curves with how far you can push somebody who's at high risk to con to contract the virus. And what are the conditions under which they're working? You know, I talked to some folks. I'm not going to go into detail because it was a it's a it's a case that may happen. But uh, they worked for a company and based on the practices that they had, uh there were people as in, in essence sharing living arrangements uh, or alternating living arrangements. And, uh, and they were, had huge concerns about how they were cleaned. And, and these concerns even predated this virus mess. I mean, can you imagine uh, every other week or it's sort of like going to a hotel that wasn't cleaned or 
if you go into a hotel room and the person who left it or who is coming in is responsible for the cleanup, it's like, come on. Uh, that's where they need OCD, right? To come in with the old yes. steam, uh, the steam system and get it cleaned. So, you know, I, I guess, I, I mean, I would, what if you worked at a pharmacy? Wouldn't you almost be scared to go to work every day? Well, you know, yes. And at least with a pharmacy, there might be a way to, to do a drive through. Um, uh, and, and you could, I was thinking about that because I have to pick up medication, uh, next week. And, you know, I thought, all right, I'll do that through the drive through. And, and generally I hate drive throughs. I hate it. I love personal contact. I, you know, I don't mean this, that sounds so creepy, but I, I like no. personal con- I like to talk to people eye to eye and make sure we have an understanding. That's just how I've always operated. I, I don't like, um, I don't like the remote stuff because I always feel like there, there's a, there's a lack of, uh, understanding or connection or meeting of the minds. Uh, so yeah, pharmacy, I was thinking about a grocery store. Those people are hiring like mad. I was oh, thinking man. about, uh, FedEx and UPS and Amazon warehouses. I mean, they're piling boxes. So if the dude next to you has the virus and is leaving that on the hard surfaces that you're later touching, it's like, how do you clean for that? And you know, you got to wear gloves, but gloves are only so good as the gloves are. And if you touch your face while you're wearing gloves, all right, well, it didn't go skin to eye. It just went, uh, latex to eye and now you're sick either way. So it's it, there's not a great uh, not a you, great thing there. You look at the restaurant industry and people are like, oh, you know, they still do pick up and carry out. I, I'm sorry that that might end up because there's some places that we're doing that that have shut down because in the end it might end up costing you money. You know, with with, with what you got to put out to have so many people come and pick up, and it's just caterings are all done. There's no golf outings. There's no graduation parties there's no you know i mean there's there's no weddings there's no funerals there's no there, there's no social gatherings into where that is a huge part of that industry's business is whenever it comes around to these events uh yeah it, i mean you were in the i mean you were in the cater or you were in the yeah. restaurant business it's yeah. like how would you ensure that the the bag of food that you're handing out is is uncontent or is clean i guess for like a better way to put it well, that's just that, that that's it. And you got to remember, if you were used to having a full dining room and now you have to do a limited menu and you were still selling steaks and now you're selling chicken sandwiches, you know, there's a there's a huge difference. And then then you got to select who's going to work because you're not going to have a full chef staff. You know, the whole wait staff isn't there. There's just that right there is just a, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of restaurants that are not going to reopen in general. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I fear that too. And, you know, I guess, uh, life goes on. Uh, I, I can only say that the, the folks who started restaurants like you and others, uh, they are, uh, what am I getting at here? Here's, what I'm, here, here's the best way to say this. These are folks that have the entrepreneurial spirit. These are folks who took a huge risk to begin with. I mean, starting your own restaurant, whether you buy a franchise, whether you start from scratch, whether you do anything like that. Um, I know, Jared, you've gone through it on your own. It, you know, that's not for the weak of heart. It takes a certain personality to do that. I don't think I could do it. I mean, you're putting everything you have on the line to start a business and you're relying on one person to make it successful yourself. And um, I guess the only tonic or, or consolation I have for this is, uh, no matter what, how much you lose, no matter what catastrophe um, uh, bestows upon you or is bestowed upon you, uh, you still have that spirit. And, and I'm hoping that at the end of the day, whatever protection or whatever benefits or whatever um, uh, help 
uh, comes their way financially from the government or otherwise, uh, at least lets them, if they have to start over, uh, it may take them a second to catch their breath, but at least at least gives them a, a platform maybe to start over doing something similar or different if it if it's not the same thing. But you know, the spirit will live on, and others will come forward, and there'll be restaurants where there weren't oh, there'll, before. There'll be, yeah, there'll be new ones. You know, um, I mean, because some some are going to go out, and something else will open up. It's just, uh, but that just falls into the whole economy. It, it's it, just, yeah. it's. Well, and it's different though. I'm telling you, because you know it, you and I've talked about this. It is different when it's your personal baby. When, when you're the restauranteur who borrowed against your house to go rent this building or buy a building, and then you went in there every day, every night to build it out so it had the right stuff that you could get uh, approval to be a restaurant. You're the one that hacked through all the regulations to get uh, whatever zoning you needed. You're the one that figured out the best way to buy the food. You're the one that figured out uh, the best system to to hire employees. You're the one that determines how long you're open. You're the one that determines how much you buy on a particular day. You're the one that has to sweat when you have to make payroll. You know, it's it's very personal. It's like somebody taking your, it's like somebody stealing from you when you lose that. And And I can't imagine what it feels like when you lose it Actually, I can because, you know, everybody's suffering their small businesses. And, and you know, fortunately, I knock on wood, I can I have I have remained. But um, even the thought of it is so personal. It, it is it is so emotional to think that all your blood, sweat and tears and all the risk you took uh, can be pulled out from under you in overnight, you know, in one overnight. Night. It was it's that it's the craziest thing. I mean, it's it's. It is a, it's almost too much to contemplate. You know, it's like, it's almost too much to contemplate. And then at the same time, you have to then figure out, you know, I get, just start thinking about this, man. It's like, it's not like you get to go get a job. There are no jobs. It's not like you get, now you have to figure out how to get benefits uh, for unemployment. And anybody who doesn't understand this, it's like, if you're the business owner, it's not, it's not necessarily obvious that you can just go apply for unemployment. Now, that's what we need to talk to Glenn Harper over at Harper Plus about. Uh, but if, uh, you know, there may not be unemployment benefits for business owners, you know, we're the ones that get that you're stuck, right? You took all the risk. Uh, and uh, it's always great when there's the upside and everybody wants that. But when there's the downside, uh, there's no unemployment for the the small business owners, uh, generally speaking. Now, there hopefully... Uh, as we hack through the new uh, the, the new statutory scheme, there might be uh, some benefit there. But man, it's scary times. Yeah, let's just hope that the private sector that is uh, putting their heads down and working hard on it, which there's a number of them, you know, where they come out of the vaccine, where they come out of the tests, where they <clears throat> we're gonna get a run, you know, it, 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 it's, but it might take another month before well, we really start to see results or things coming out. I agree. Um, and, and, you know, we've talked about, we've talked about this with Doc Pulaski a little bit, but um, you know, the one thing that our country has is the spirit of creativity, invention, and freedom. And, and we, when you put those forces to bear on, on a big problem like this, there really is no limit to what can be done. And a lot of the times it's just about uh, getting out of their way, let them do what they do and get out of the way and stand back because, uh, you know, the good old U.S. of A. is coming. And, and you know, that may sound uh, cheesy, patriotic, but I do believe it and I do mean it. It's like when you get people who are motivated by 
all the awful things that that many people hate, plus all the good things that everybody loves. So the awful things like money, uh, ego, uh, need for uh, recognition, blah, blah, blah. Those are all horrible things, but they often create motivations that result in really good stuff for everybody else. And then couple that with the same or the opposite, like people want to do good. People have the common collective in mind, and, and there are people out there that still want to help everybody. And, uh, you know, these kind of times will uh, will bring that out in people and expose the good people and, and maybe the bad. But uh, you, if you get out of the way of that and just let that process work, I think we will all be amazed at what comes of it. We have seen it historically. Uh, we talked about all the wars. We've talked about all this, all this strife and the horrible things that we've had to experience. But there is that quality of our country that seems to emerge in these times. And it will. We'll get through it. It's just going to take some time, you know, and uh, nothing worthwhile is easy. You know, it's, you know, what's really easy to do nothing. I, you know, that's so close to one of my old sayings, which is it's always easy to do the wrong thing. You know, it's, it's never easy to do the right thing. And, or sometimes it is, I suppose, but rarely. And then uh, it's really easy to do nothing and watch and stick your head in the sand, but it is rarely the right thing to do. So you, you, you know, it, it, it get, lick your wounds, uh, take a breather, reflect on what's how bad things are, and then wake up tomorrow, grab your britches, and let's go rock and roll. You know, that's sort of how, uh, that's the dialogue I had with myself as we, as we went through this. And that is why we're here on Lawyer Talk. Why stop this? That's it. We'll light it up. All right, man. Well, uh, I, I like it. I, I think it's time for a couple more uh, fireside chats, one with Doc Pulaski to get his update on uh, the virus patrol, and then uh, one with uh, Glenn uh, Harper over at Harper Plus to get his updates on uh, the benefits that are out there, not only for uh, the small businesses, but maybe even the employees. And then I'm going to reach out also to some folks uh, in the legal field and see if I can get some insight into how the landlord-tenant stuff is happening in uh, what they expect there and even some of the domestic relations stuff. So, uh, you know, we're not going to quit and neither should anybody else the way I see it. Jared, you're still rocking and rolling. You're, you're, you're doing your best to, to take care of your people, take care of your family, take care of your business. We're going to try to do a, uh, a, a Zoom con- comedians on South High this evening. So we'll see how this recording goes. We'll go through with it. And uh, so we have something come out. I mean, those guys too, you know, they don't, they, they, they don't have any work. There's no comedy clubs open, you know, yep. and I've been talking with those guys and they're worried. They're like, man, they're like, you know, comedy clubs might be some of the last to come back. Yeah. And I, you know, but then there's a part of me that, you know, I wonder about that. I was like, no, they're going to need you. You know what I mean? Well, they're they're you know I mean? The people are going to need you. Once we come out of this, they're going to need you. This is, I would love to, maybe I need to jump in on one of those, uh, those meetings, because as you just started talking there, you know, you've heard my take on comedy and that is that, I feel like that is the what that is what can save us from a lot of bad stuff in our society, not only because laughter leads to happiness and very directly, I believe, but also because comedians have a way of hacking through the nonsense uh, using humor as their as their hammer. Uh, so they can they can they can lightly hack through the nonsense. And if there's ever a way to bust through uh, artificial barriers on on societal norms that people agree with or don't agree with, or any, any way to expose something that everybody's afraid to talk about, stick a stand up on it. Right. I mean, they're going to, they're going to do it and they're going to make you laugh while they're doing it. And if there's any way to make anybody feel happier or more uh, secure right now, I would love to hear Jason Banks, uh, make me laugh. Right. Uh, You you know, or all of them, you know, it would be, you know, 
it just is. I think the the comedians will always be there. Why? Because it really is about storytelling uh, at its lowest common denominator and making people laugh. And you know who doesn't want that? I mean, heck, you know we ought to do a a, a five eleven live stream of those guys. We'll put on our own comedy comedy show. That's but, it. Banks has been doing a number of videos, pretty much on his uh, Instagram, Jason Banks comedian uh, or comedy. And and they've they've been pretty good. He's been working with his kids because he's got two. He's got he's got twins at home, you know. And so he's homeschooling. Yeah. He is going through that, you know. I mean, and that's the other thing too. Is like, is it going to hurt or 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 help the the children? There's a lot right now that they're claiming that there's. They think that it could take two years to catch them back up for what they went down right now. Well, I I have no doubt that our youth are, are going to be more than ready and more than able to catch up on anything. I mean, I think, I think our kids learn so fast. I mean, it just is about, uh, yeah, I, I, I really do believe you learn what you have to and you do it as fast as you have to do it and, uh, they'll be able to do it. I mean, I just, that'll just become what it is. So, all right. Well, uh, uh yet another episode of lawyer talk off the record during the virus shutdown here in the bunker, we got Jared coming in from studio J uh, I am still live right here at 511 Studio C, uh, bringing lawyer talk to everybody who wants to hear it. And as we know, there are millions of them, even over in uh, good old Britain. There's a few that are checking us out, and we're going to reach out to them shortly, too. So anyway, lawyer talk off the record, on the air, during the virus, in the bunker, at least until now. 